0: Welcome to the Blessed Life Podcast. Thank you for listening today. I'm Pastor Eric, Discipleship Pastor at New Life Lutheran Church, and we have made it to the end of our discipleship series. We have done seven parts now on discipleship, and uh, we have been exploring Colossians specifically what Colossians has to say about discipleship. And Colossians is a great little letter that Paul wrote, and uh, and it seems in my mind to be ignored in the Christian life. It seems that we don't look to Colossians that often when we think about living as a Christian just because it's so small. And uh, there are fewer one-liners in this letter than in other letters. And I think because of that, it just kind of gets overlooked. But Colossians really gives this amazing story, this amazing overview of the Christian life and what it is that we're doing and discipleship. And so we've been exploring Colossians and what it has to say about discipleship. And what we discovered is that there are four main things that we see that come up again and again in Colossians uh, that that are blessings or promises that we can walk into and inhabit and grow in as Christians. And that is confidence, discipline, health, and purpose. And that's what we've been exploring in this series and we've done those first three things. We've looked at those first three things, and today we're going to look at purpose. Now, as we talk about purpose today, uh, the the way that I'm using that word and that idea is that every single one of us has a purpose in our life, something that we are working toward or working to, and. Sometimes we can't necessarily, we don't necessarily know what that thing is, or we maybe don't know how we can articulate what that thing is. But every single one of us is working toward something, either explicitly, like we know what we want to do, or implicitly, where we don't really know how to describe it, but we're trying to work towards something. Every single one of us has a purpose, something that we are working to in our life. For some of us, what we are trying to get to is uh, security or safety. Some of us are just trying to gain as much money as we can. Some of us are trying to escape the pain of this world. Some of us are just looking to have a good time. We are all kind of working towards something. There's something that motivates and drives us, some end that we are working toward. And our life's work then is to get to that goal, that we are working toward something. And I want to look at Paul's purpose. Paul wrote the letter to Colossians, and I want to look at the purpose that he states in one of his other letters. This is what he says in Philippians chapter 3. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this, or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have already made it my own, but this one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So we hear here in this passage in Philippians chapter three, that goal language, that looking forward language. And for Paul, the thing that he is looking forward to is the heavenly goal, the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, to be like Jesus and to be found in Jesus by becoming like him in his death, to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection, and to share in his sufferings. That was Paul's goal in his life, the purpose that he had in his life, and everything he did was going toward that goal, was to work to that goal, that purpose. And so every single one of us has this purpose or this goal. And this purpose or this goal is developed within us, not usually by simply deciding someday that we're going to have this particular goal or this particular purpose. We don't wake up in the morning and decide my life's purpose is to do whatever, be a doctor or be a lawyer. That usually develops over time. And usually that is developed through some sort of story. And story is really important in our lives. It gives our lives meaning and trajectory. And story points us toward something in the future. So for example, if you are someone and you decide, man, you really want to become a lawyer, and the reason you want to become a lawyer is because you want to help uh, fight for the underprivileged or fight for the little guy, there is a story that informs that, that there is injustice in the world and you want to work to reverse that injustice. The story is that there is injustice and that you can fight for justice, that you can fight for the good of others. That story gives you meaning and gives you trajectory. Story. That story points you toward the future. There are other ways that stories do this for us. For example, there are stories in our family, our stories of our ancestry that point us towards something that give our lives meaning. If your family uh, farmed this particular plot of land, if your your father did and your grandfather and your great-grandfather and his father, if you have that history, if you have that story as part of your family, then you may take that on as meaning that you are meant to continue to farm this land and to continue to work in that life and work in that field, uh, and that that story gives you meaning and it points you towards something that you are going to become a farmer and you are going to farm this land. That is a very meaningful and important work that you are doing, and the story of your family doing that thing gives your life meaning and gives your life purpose or even your ancestry can give your life meaning and give your life purpose. If you come from a hardworking family that immigrated to the United States from Germany or from Ireland or from Mexico, and that is part of your identity and who you are and what you do, you can continue in that and that gives your life meaning. And it also informs how you make decisions and what you want to do in the future. And not only do our families give our stories, but also our country gives us a story. There is a story that we tell about our country. And in fact, we just celebrated 4th of July, where we remember all those years ago that there were this, this group of men that made a claim that this country would be a place of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that that would be given to all. And now the history of the United States has been this slow Unfolding and fulfilling of that promise, where it started with one group of people, and more and more we ensure that to all people who are here in our country. The story of the United States gives our lives meaning, it informs our decisions, and it gives us a trajectory. Now, as Christians, our lives are a little bit different. The meaning of our lives and the purpose of our lives is actually given to us through Jesus. That at the end of the day, we are not our family. We are not the good decisions or the bad decisions of our family. We are not our country, the good things or the bad things about our country. We are what Jesus says we are, and we can find that in the scriptures. And what scripture tells us is this that we are created beings who are loved by God, but who are broken by sin and redeemed by God's graciousness for us. And God is on a mission. To redeem the whole world. And that's the story that we're going to quickly examine today to find our purpose in scripture and in Jesus. We're going to start off with this idea that we are created beings. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 through 17 says this, for in Christ all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We hear in this great little passage, this these few verses right in the middle of this hymn that we see in the first chapter of Colossians, that it is through Christ that all things were created, things visible and things invisible. And that includes us, that we are actually created through Christ, that God has created us through Jesus And all the powers and dominions of our world, those things are also given through Jesus. And it says here that all things were created through him and for him. That not only are we made by Jesus and through Jesus, but we are actually created and we find our fullness in Jesus. That the purpose that we were created is for Jesus to be in relationship with him. Verse 17 says, he himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That the fullness of all creation can be found in Christ. That we are all called to be found in Christ, and we can receive our fullness and the all the health and joy in him. Not anywhere else, but in Jesus. So we are created through Jesus and for Jesus. We are created Beings that find our fullness in Him. He had one goal, and that was to institute God's kingdom. This is what He says in Mark chapter 1, verse 15 The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. He uses this phrase, is fulfilled then, that this is the most important time in history. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. God has come to earth, and the the kingdom of God is instituted in the person of Jesus. And he's working toward something. And that thing that he is working toward, we see in the very last book of the Bible, the Revelation of Jesus, chapter 21. And it says this, this is John who sees a vision, and this is what he sees. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new and he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. The thing that Jesus is working toward is this new heaven and this new earth, this new creation that God instituted with Jesus and is continuing to work out in the church. And we see here in Revelation 21 that the heavens open up and the new Jerusalem, this heavenly city where God dwells, actually comes down to earth, and God says, the dwelling place of God is among mortals, and he will dwell them, That he's going to wipe away death, he's going to wipe away tears, pain will be no more, mourning will be no more, and God will forever inhabit the earth with his people. And this is a glorious future that Jesus is working toward. This is the fullness of the kingdom. This is the, this is the end goal, the purpose of the kingdom is to build to this point where all the earth, all of heavens, all the earth... Everything that is, the whole cosmos, is now the dwelling place of God. He is with his people, and we are with him. This is what Jesus is working toward. This is what we were made for, is for a new creation, to be with Jesus in the new creation, to be with God in the new creation, with Jesus as our king. So our goal, our purpose is to participate in this new creation And there are a few ways that this happens and I'd want to talk about these four things pretty quick there are there are more than just these four things, but these are the four things that I want to highlight today. And so the purpose of our life is to participate in this new creation, to be found in Christ and to have uh, uh, and to find our fullness in, him, And there are a few ways that this happens, that scripture shows us that this happens, not only in Colossians, but in Ephesians, in Romans, all over the New Testament. We see this way that we get to participate in this new creation. We begin this participation by being born again or born from above. John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he says, No one can enter the kingdom unless he is born again or born from above. The translation can go either way. And what we hear later in the scripture from both Jesus and the apostles is that this rebirth happens through baptism, that Jesus makes promises to us, that God makes promises to us through baptism, and that baptism is our rebirth, that we are born again in our baptism that that is when we are, we die to Christ and we are resurrected with him into new life. And as First Corinthians says, that we are new creatures, that the old things have passed away and the new has come. But when we are baptized, it's not only that we are born again with this water, but also we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Participating in the new creation is to be filled with, with the Holy Spirit. And this is God's personal presence that indwells with us. This is the Spirit of Jesus that filled him and led him and guided him, that now fills and leads and guides us. The Spirit speaks to us through the scripture, through the word. Um, the Spirit speaks to us through other people as they proclaim the word to us. And we are reminded of God's promises to us and we are led to walk in those promises. And we are given all sorts of fruit and all sorts of peace, and all sorts of good things that the Spirit has for us. This is God dwelling in our bodies. This is the beginning of that promise. This is kind of the down payment for the future new creation, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit in our present bodies. And we are led by the Holy Spirit then to participate daily in the new creation. And some of the ways this happens, just four quick ways that this happens, is uh, the first is being aware of God. Simply being aware that God is working in our lives, that he is with us, that he is speaking to us. Uh, This is kind of the primary way that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us, is to make us aware of God through the scriptures, through our prayers, through other people, through our circumstances, that God is at work. And we begin to recognize where God is at work. We kind of get to see the world um, in this prophetic way that God is always at work behind the scenes, and we get to see how he is at work in our own lives. The Holy Spirit also leads us to cultivate peace in our lives. And we cultivate peace in our relationships with other people. We live at peace with all men. We care for those around us, and we seek out peace in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our marriages, in our families, in our church, in our work. In all these areas, we are doing the hard work of cultivating peace and cultivating this environment of care and love for one another. Another way this happens is by controlling our own actions and emotions, by having having self-control. And self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's actually something that is promised to us, uh, that when we have the Holy Spirit, we have self-control, that we can control our tongues so that we do not cut other people down with our words. We control our bodies so as to not um, act out or respond negatively to stress, and to control our emotions so that we do not rise up in anger and we do not become bitter with other people, that we actually learn to control ourselves, and the Spirit gives us the strength to control ourselves. And finally, one of the the last thing I want to talk about is that the participating in the new creation is acting in love that love actually dominates our mind and our actions. When Jesus was asked what the most important commandments are, he said, love the Lord your God and love others as yourself. To do this work of loving God and loving others, this is actually the primary thing that we are called to do. Uh, The primary way that we participate is by loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving other people as ourselves. And so our minds and our lives are changed and transformed. We are renewed so that we no longer try to strive for uh, success or to by competition, but now we are led by love, by care for the other people and care and love for God to act in a way that is loving to all people. So we do this hard work of daily participating in this new creation by being aware of God and how he's at work, by cultivating peace in our relationships, by practicing self-control in our tongues, our bodies, and our emotions, and by acting in love to both God and to other people. This is the purpose of us as Christians. This is the, actually the purpose of all people. All of creation is made by Jesus, through Jesus, and ultimately for Jesus, that he holds all things together. And it is in Jesus that we find our purpose, and we get to participate in this way by being baptized filled with the Holy Spirit, and doing the hard work of daily participating in the new creation by being aware of God, by cultivating peace, by practicing self-control, and by acting in love. And that's my prayer for you all this week. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.